Attention all international medical students and graduates. Are you looking to improve your residency competitiveness and achieve your dream program match? Look no further. Introducing the 2023 IMG Roadmap course, the online program that will boost your personal and professional growth. This comprehensive course offers life cohort-based coaching from a seasoned expert, me, along with personalized feedback, templates, and even demos. You'll leave with a solid understanding of your personalized IMG journey and the skills you need to enhance it. You'll ditch the overwhelm, and the best part? You can learn at your own pace from anywhere in the world. Whether you're a first-year medical student or a graduate seeking concise, practical coaching to improve your CV, this is the perfect investment for a successful career in the U.S. The IMG Roadmap is here. Be the first to know when the doors open in April of 2023. Sign up right now at drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. Again, that's drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. So I tell people CDI is very, is related to medicine and such that if you're studying for step two CS, CK, you, you are actually looking at cases, you're looking at the, the presentation, looking at the medication, intervention, consult, and you're able to piece everything together in one sitting. So I had a call from a client the other day, yesterday, actually yesterday, he's saying he's studying for step two. And I told him, hey, CDI is just perfect for you because you would see those cases, you're able to walk through and can know differential diagnosis you know the right treatment, what to order. So for step three and all of those good stuff. So I tell people CDI is that. So pretty much that's what I do on a day-to-day. The IMG Roadmap is the only podcast dedicated to coaching international medical graduates and success blueprints for this unique pathway. I am Dr. Nina Loom, your host, a previous IMG turned hospital medicine physician healthcare administrator, speaker, and coach. I empower, encourage, and equip you with actionable steps that you can take towards the residency position of your dreams. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the IMG Roadmap Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. John Emanuel. And without further ado, welcome to the show, Dr. Emanuel. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Dr. Loon. Appreciate it. Where are you calling from? Like, where are you recording from? I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. The big ATL. ATL. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my story, it's very unconventional. I started with uh, my bachelor's degree from Nigeria, microbiology. I went on to medical school in the Caribbean island. I went to AUA first, and I went transferred over to Texas American University, that's another story for another day. The process was windy for me. Came off the boat from Nigeria, landed on the island, culture shock, everything different for me. Then eventually went on to the course proper for medical school. Did my, my first um, basic medical science in, the, in Antigua. Then it was time to come back to the U.S. I didn't have a visa. So I had to go get my visa and all that came to the U.S. eventually. Then finished my clinicals and it was time for application to, uh, to sit for the exams. I started filling the exams. And um, for me, that was something that, that made me decide that this was not, it was more so for my test-taking skills. And it was something that stopped me from, I started losing myself, started 
self-doubting and start comparing myself with my colleagues. So eventually I, I went for a prep course, which everybody should do. If you need help and you find a prop, I went for a prep course and I just found out that I had issues with test taking. And eventually that was how that chapter ended in the sense that I found the fact that medicine in itself, it's, some, it's, it's something that you have to apply yourself to it. In terms of your education, you have to connect it full circle. So eventually got my MD degree, graduated from medical school. Then I came to the U.S. with, with my visa issue, immigration issue was a problem. Eventually, I went on to get into involving called CDI. CDI was a, was a part of, 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 of clinical documentation, part of the health information management system, where I was able to get a job from there. Um, from there, I also discovered that it was also important for consulting. So they, they, I got a job from in a consulting firm, eventually working, traveling to hospitals that are distressed, financially distressed. We're turning them over. So we're doing a query design, care, um, care optimization, um, for their um, and transformation for their programs. Eventually, I decided to get into that space in the consulting space um, with, with, because of CDI, and eventually came back to the industry. In the sense, I came back to the healthcare space, working in one of the um, top academic medical hospitals here in Atlanta, Georgia, as an associate medical um, associate director for CDI here in Atlanta, Georgia. And that didn't end at that. I started to get a certification in big data data analytics. And that what, what helped me to be able to analyze data, large data sets, and apply my medical skills into that space. And also got me involved in health economic outcome research. And this, all of this made me chart my own path in terms of career. Now I get calls from Goldman Sachs. I get calls from McKinsey. I get calls from top hospitals in the US, Mayo Clinic, all of these places. I get calls because... I didn't let my setback hold me back from becoming what I needed to be. So I tell people, while you're waiting for residency, you have other options to get into and become a better person. So for me, I decided to go that. And all of this was in the space of two years. 2016 was a wake-up call for me. I had an eviction notice on my door. And I said, I was studying for the board's exam. I, my wife had her first baby at the time. And for me, that was something that I said, you know what? Let me put, take care of my family as I got into all of all these other spaces. So I would say life gave me lemons. I made lemonades out of it. Wow, that is an impressive story. Like I'm just sitting here listening and I'm like, whoa, such resiliency, right? Like such yes. audacity even in the right. face of trial to continue right. to persist. Those are all character traits that I think every of our listeners need to incorporate. Right. But then I really appreciate how you were able to pivot right. and how you were able to pivot and do it with such content, because I can sense the level of contentment. Right. And there's not this, woe is me, I didn't get into residency. Instead, it's a story of triumph and right. you have taken it to the next level. It's like my mother used to say, you know, if you're going to do something, if you're going to be anything, be the best you can be in it. Exactly. And you have taken the CDI part, which came out of, you know, like you said, lemons, but yes. then you're like, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do it with distinction. Exactly. And I think that makes a difference, you know, is the person's character in the face of adversity. There's right. so many things I want us to dive into today. 
Obviously, this pathway has become successful for you. And I know so many of our listeners want to know how they can get involved. And guys, stay listening to the very end because we'll tell you exactly how Dr. Emmanuel can help you today. But I want to go back into your story some more. And let's talk about sort of each step. Like, I understand everything you said. You have no idea. Like, (laughs) I understand everything you said. I left Cameroon straight to the Caribbean. So I was one of those people who also left from home to the Caribbean and then from the Caribbean to the U.S. I had to do the whole visa thing multiple times. I remember flying to Venezuela for a U.S. visa and getting denied a visa while in Caracas, Venezuela. Like (laughs) in another person's country, being denied visa to enter the United States. What if I didn't have a visa to go back to the island? You know, that's 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 our story. (laughs) You know, so I, I feel a lot of those things, but let and I want to talk about everything. But let's yes. start first with test taking. And yes. to that point where, because there are two things in your story. One is acknowledging or trying to find the problem right. and then working it out and right. getting help with it. Right. But then second is also acknowledging that there was an issue, but not internalizing it and letting it define who you are. Exactly. Because that could have very well defined you. And you did not see this much success in your CDI career because you're still caught up on that thing. Exactly. So how did you manage that? How did you come to that realization where you were like, I need help. And then when you, you know, how did you get to that point as a doctor? How did you diagnose that problem? Great question. And I would say it's from, it's the mind, it's the mindset for me. I started, everything starts in the mind. I believe that the greatest battlefield of the mind, of, of the of the world is not is not the war going on in Ukraine, but it's the battlefield of the mind. Mm-hmm. So I, I I discovered that earlier on, I was trying different methods to pass my exams and it wasn't working. I, I was one who was tutoring people in physiology back in medical school, but I was not able to ace that exam. I discovered so it was more so like I needed a, a different method. I do well with videos. I do well with that. So I discovered that when I went for those programs, I discovered that I needed to, to walk the question bank in a way that it's not, it's about getting the, uh, getting the answer correct, but about knowing the material and knowing the pathway. So that was what that program did to me. Like I said, it's, it came back to my mindset of, you know what? I rather receive help than die in silence. I'm dying in silence in the sense that I was not able to do, do other things. I, I, I was I was like limited in, 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 in where I had to have an ability to dream again. And that came from my mindset. And like I said, the Bible says something. So I'm a man of faith. Uh, the Bible says, same man, here, same here. Woman of faith, go for it. Yeah, so I'm a man, as a man thinketh in his heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I decided to think bigger than what life had brought my way and what my skill set had done. So that was how I could overcome that that space and that era of my life with, with, with test ticket. You know, I think that's a great, great approach is being introspective, like you said, right. and realizing that a lot of it is how you're thinking through things, how you're reasoning through things. Right. And and then realizing maybe also that there's a difference in the educational system that we may have come from right. compared to the way that the test taking is done in the United States. Because right. This one is not about if you know the material. It's about if you can take the test. <laughs> That's exactly. what it is about. Yeah. In my opinion, the tests really are not a marker of a good doctor. They're a marker of a good test taker. And some of us 
you know, had to write essays or structural mm. exams. Yeah. And then you're being transitioned into a system where it's multiple choice, but it's multiple choice with very seemingly correct answers. Answers. And so, you know, yeah. And it's, it's a very interesting way to test. It's different from what we as IMGs may be familiar with, right. but there's also that aspect of like, like you said, reading the question stems and trying to break them down. So right now, from what you've shared with us so far, we understand that your journey was non-traditional, left from Nigeria to the islands, encounter the same obstacles that many of us face, visa obstacles, financial problems, getting an eviction notice. I know, like, (laughs) you have no idea. Like, I'm just thinking about it because I got an eviction notice. Well, it wasn't an eviction notice, but it was a... I noticed to move out of the apartment because I didn't own it. But yeah. when I when I first came for residency, so I'm just like, man, how do we have such similar, similar story? <laughs> and I remember going to live at the uh, it was a what was it like a extended stay hotel? Extended like, stay, I, I know that. Yeah, yeah, I remember going to stay at an extended stay for about I was there for about three weeks of residency, like in the beginning, after already starting residency and waking up at five in the morning, coming home one evening and having to move your things out to go move into an extended stay for three weeks until you figure something out for an apartment to open up somewhere else and get an application. You have zero credit because you don't have any U.S. records. I mean, right. talk about my story another day, but I <laughs> really 100% understand where you're coming from with yeah. this. Yeah. But what is your secret to working through these challenges? I can already tell. Usually for those of us that are people of faith, we yeah. rely on our faith. We rely on God. And we believe that there is a bigger purpose. There's a higher reason why we're walking through those challenges but give us some practical things that you did to work through because you had to work through imposter syndrome you had to work through dealing with sort of all these setbacks but then how do you come up with a new genius idea that results in getting clients like the mayo clinic and goldman Sachs? like how do we go from on releasing those shackles of failure and still succeeding at something else now, one thing that has helped me so far, apart from my faith, which is the huge, uh, played a huge role in that, is the voices you listen to. I listened to someone who was as a coach, a, me- a mentor of mine from a distance. He said, dream again. I mean, he said, dreaming is free. So why not dream again? If the vision to residency is, is, is like vague or if it feels like it's not, you're not reaching it, why can't you dream again? So I decided to dream again. And that I wrote my five-year plan, my 10-year plan. My, my five-year plan is right here on my wall. I know you can't see it, but it's something that I look at every now and then just to motivate me. So that is how I started off. Dreaming again is number one. Number two, write a vision for your life. A lot of times, most people are like cookie cutter. It's what they tell them, what society tells them. For me, it's more so what, what problem am I supposed to solve? What big problem am I supposed to solve? And I designed my career. There's something called job sculpting. So I decided to design my career around a big area of the future, data analytics, NLP, AI. All of those fields are futuristic. And that is why all these companies, once they have discovered that a lot of clinicians are data analytically illiterate. They don't understand data. They can't interpret data. And I decided, I started to create an opportunity in that area, looked forward to getting certified in that. And I got certified, know how to use data, mine data, and interpret objectively. So my story has been that of 
dreaming again and writing a vision and now following through that vision through the help of mentors. Number two, finding the right people who are doing what you want to do. For example, I've seen some people who practiced as a cardiologist, uh, became certified, did all the fellowships in cardiothoracic surgery, working in companies like EY, Deloitte, because they have the clinical background and now they are now in the industry helping hospitals, helping clients who are distressed in, in those operations and helping them to get, get back up and running again. That, that is something that I saw that there's a pathway there and say, okay, you know what? Let me use my medical skills that I have, combine it with certifications in the relevant fields that are cutting edge and you know, piece it together and tell my story. And that is how I've been able to move from just a medical graduate to where I am today. So you were able to pivot without losing everything you have learned so far. That's exactly right. So you still, obviously, nobody can take your medical degree from you, right? It's like once right. you get a medical degree, you are a doctor. Yeah. The only difference is some of us are going to see patients until we die and some of us will not. Exactly. And some of us will be in spaces where we're changing and influencing systems and we're working from an organizational level in healthcare. And then you're going to have some of us who'll be at the bedside during the direct care. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's important that our listeners realize that either way that you go, there is still impact in healthcare. There's still impact. There's still impact. In the and you're still touching lives in many ways than one. Because I think we have this narrow-mindedness <laughs> that the only way to succeed as a physician is to see a patient one for one for one, right? Correct. So me, one patient, me, one patient. That is rewarding. It is it gratifying. Is. But there is so much more impact that happens in an organizational level or a systems-based level that you can touch more than one life in exactly. more than one way. Yes. You can help a hospital survive. Yes. It turn keeps the doctors taking care of those patients. That's it right. keeps the community being taken care of. It provides jobs for nursing and supporting staff. That's right. So you're not just helping patients get care, but you're almost in a way overarching and helping more than just the physicians and the nurses and the direct care, but you're keeping a community alive. That's right. At work. Yeah. And so I want IMGs listening today to think about this, especially those that are at home who have been through this process several times and maybe have interest, maybe have interest in other things, in healthcare, in healthcare administration, in consulting, in CDI, which is clinical documentation improvement, and, and even in AI, in tech. Yes, in tech. Yeah. Lean into that. Yeah. Lean into that because you yeah. just don't know where it will lead you. Case in point, I always share the story. Like, I don't think like my story into medicine, I believe was God ordained, but I also believe that when he put opportunities in front of me, it was also one of those things where I had to lean in. Mm. You have to take you have to take that step. Same thing applies into because you could be an IMG and never really try to take them, and then never really try to network and never really try the next thing and the next thing, and so opportunities never come. Or you could be an IMG who tries those things and opportunities then do open up, right? Correct. That's right. 
to the same degree, I think if you are listening and you have an inclination for these things we're talking about, you have an interest and you're in that limbo phase, maybe it's time to lean into it Correct. and ask questions. I'm not saying you stop your IMD journey. I'm not Please saying don't. Not, right. I'm not saying that you're not meant to be the doctor and the surgeon and everything and be the one taking care of all the patients. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that sometimes when you have an innate interest in something, maybe you could lean into it. Now, Dr. Emmanuel, can you talk to us a little bit more about the day-to-day work that you do? You kind of touched a little bit in the beginning. You've worked in a major Atlanta or Georgia-based healthcare system, clinical documentation improvement. Some of our listeners are not really familiar with some of these words and job opportunities and even healthcare opportunities. Can you give us like, you know, how do you know how we used to say med school, like uh, what do they say? Fifth grade understanding Understanding, of of what you, what you do and what skill sets that it takes. Okay. Thank you. Great question. So in the field of clinical documentation, integrity. So it moved from improvement to integrity. Nice. Um, Okay. I didn't know that. Thank you for educating me. No, no, you're perfectly fine. So what we do is we review the medical record as a whole from admission to discharge. So H&P progress note, up notes, consult notes, all of those we review and we look out for opportunities in the records to clarify any conflicting documentation, any diagnosis that is not specific. For example, CHF, as we all know, it is congestive heart failure. But if it's not specified to the type and the acuity, for example, type includes diastolic, systolic. If it's ejection fraction less than 50, greater than 50, you know it's either systolic or diastolic based on the echo result. And you'll be able to if you document acute chronic congestive heart failure. The doctors sometimes just write CHF, IV LASIK, start IV LASIK, but they don't write what type, what acuity. And that will result in limiting the resources coming in because all of these diagnoses are coded into ICD-10 code. ICD-10 is the way the the government, CMS, is paying every diagnosis across the U.S. and the United States. And even some other countries use the ICD-10 system, like Dubai. I think they're actually using ICD-11 right now. So what all of this I do in the CDI world is to make sure that the, the documentation fits the picture clinically of the patient. So I tell people CDI is very is related to medicine is such that if you're studying for step two CS, CK, you, you are actually looking at cases, you're looking at the, the presentation, looking at the medication, intervention, consult, and you're able to piece everything together in one sitting. So I had a call from a client the other day, and yesterday, actually yesterday, he said he's studying for step two. And I told him, hey, CDI is just perfect for you because you would see those cases be able to walk through and can know differential diagnosis, you know the right treatment, what to order. So for step three and all of those good stuff. So I tell people CDI is that. So pretty much that's what I do on a day-to-day. I manage, actually, I don't do the job right now. I manage nurses who do the job. And I have some foreign medical grads in my team that do the job of a CDI. All you need to, to do to become a CDI is your MD degree. Or if you're a nurse listening or anybody in the healthcare profession, profession as an RN, you can get a CDI job. And there are, there are jobs that you can do from home as well. And those jobs that you can do on site. And there are some jobs that are hybrid. So pretty much that is CDI in a nutshell. 
it helps to accurately capture how sick our patient population is. Severity of illness, risk of mortality, case mix index, all of this is our indices being tracked by the, the reimbursement, the revenue cycle department of your hospital. Wow, that's amazing. So I have an understanding of CDI and I just want to share this with the audience. So when I was in Kentucky right. working in quality, I actually worked in quality improvement and I was our chief quality officer, which was a part taking off about 40% of my chief medical officer's responsibilities on the line okay. of quality improvement. Nice. So it involved, but wasn't limited to things like reviewing those queries for CDI, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. going in the chart and validating that, mm-hmm. you know, it is indeed what is supposed to be. Right. And then contacting the physician to say, hey, can you please go into that chart and make this an acute on chronic? Thank you very much. It, you know, it's one of those things where it's very applicable in day-to-day medicine. And I learned a lot in doing that role because when I learned from chart reviews, it gave me like the insight to look into other people's methods of practice and to be able to see how I could be better as a clinician. And then two, it gave me this understanding of reimbursement for physicians and hospitals and healthcare systems as a whole. So I really have a strong appreciation for that. And I remember working with some of the nurses and I don't know who their medical director was with the, I'll tell you the company name after the call, because you probably know the company I'm referring to, Yeah. but they worked with this one company, but in many ways that one, I see that they did not have someone in your role to oversee all of that. And so we ended up doing that kind of work. But it's very interesting that you you share that. And so I want to di- dive into how IMGs can benefit from this. Because you said you have a team and you have some foreign medical grads that are in Correct. your program. And I think personally, just even thinking off the office of my head, everyone listening, like if there's a nurse doing this job, That means that you are super qualified for it. I just want to say that right off the bat because that would help us deal with the imposter syndrome of like, do I, like, would I be, would I qualify for this kind of thing? That's the first answer. If a nurse is doing it, you're more than qualified. And second, I know people who have built careers from this, but you could choose to do that as well. Or you can choose to do it as a temporary thing while waiting on residency. Correct. So I have so many people that come to my DMs and they tell me, I want to take the IMG remote course, but I can't afford it. Well, Mm. this could be a way that you could potentially make some income to afford it. And it could be a way that you can prevent yourself from getting evicted or you could, you know, help your family while you're, you know, hustling towards your residency position. Even apply to more programs. Oh, even apply to, right. And I know people who have done related work in facilities and networked with physicians, whether to get LORs, whether to get, just build friendships, right? Build, know people who can then later on have lunch with you and even help you develop your career so you can gain mentorship, sponsorship. I mean, these things are not guaranteed, Mm -hmm. but if you know how to live life in a sense, (laughs) you can understand what I'm talking about. So what I mean is, you go into a job. The job is meant for you to do CDI quite all right. Mm-hmm. But you use your presence in that job to meet physicians. Yeah. You use your presence in that job to make friends, yeah. to win people over. 
And then those people can become mentors for you, but it's not going to be like, you're just going to walk in and say, this is my CDI job. And now I have have a mentor. No, that's not how it works. So that's why I say you need to, you need to know how to be tactful in your living. But I know people who have used different opportunities like that and and you may not gain anything from it, but if you gain a paycheck, why not? Right. So let's talk about a little bit more about how your program or your company works with IMGs. Can you give us some perspective as to what that could look like? First of all, thank you for that opportunity. So 2020 during the pandemic, I said, you know, let me help people who have not matched yet into residency. Let's what what can I do from my own experience and those loved ones around me who have been able to help informally to get jobs in, in this in this field. So an idea came, I said, okay, it's going to be called FOS Consulting. The FOS stands for the Greek word for light, you know, inspiration, light, illumination, clarity. Okay, let me start at that. Register the company and I was able to do a free webinar to get people on board to talk about other options, alternative options while you wait for residency. And I, I remember sharing that. I remember sharing about that webinar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that that was sort of how yes. this was coming about. That's, yeah. that's how it came about. And I had over 600 people register, Dr. Loom, 600 people. And you know that the ratio of those who would join you for the live webinar itself would be less than that registration. Right. So I had about 160 something plus people stay. And I shared this whole vision of, you know, while you're waiting, you can also be earning an income and not just an income, a good income. And yeah. they're like, yeah, so you make six figure easy in, in this space. So after the webinar, people didn't want to leave again. They were just sitting there. I, I, had, to end, <laughs> I had to end the webinar. <laughs> so, so pretty much IMGs. And I had even, I've had um, webinars where even U.S. medical grads who, who were burnt out from practice also attend such one of my webinars, the last one I did. And pretty much what we do is we, we take you, your, 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 your background in medicine, we'll help you with your resume, we help you with your LinkedIn profile, we help you, we coach you one-on-one. First of all, we do a mindset, mindset shift training for you where we, we help you understand that this is not the end of the road, this is just a stopgap to your greatness. This is a stop up to the next thing you're going to do. So don't, don't think this is the end of the road for yourself. So I tell people, CDI is just the first rung in the ladder. The goal is to get you into residency. The goal is to get you into the C-suite eventually. So I tell people that is this the, 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 the course is not just CDI. I have two other coaches that I just onboarded in the space of two months. She's a, there's a lady who, Dr. Meta, she's an MSL professional. She works for one of the big pharmaceutical companies. And I also have a medical affairs coach. And these are all foreign medical doctors who decided to create an alternative path while waiting for residency. They still actively apply for residency every year, but they are doing this on the side while they wait. So it's a team of IMG friendly, IMG people who want to do more than just the status quo, who don't want to be a phlebotomist, who don't want to drive Uber. And nothing against those people who are doing that, but there is more. With your yes. background, you don't have to settle for less. You are a, you're a physician, you're a doctor, and I want you to see yourself as that. So that's why the first session is always a mindset shift. And I've had, we've had testimonies, we've had clients land jobs. There was a guy who got two or three offers within the first to four, six weeks of the program. 
And it's just, it's it's not about the money for me. It's more about making impact and, and turning lives around and transforming lives pretty much. Wow. How long is the program? It's uh, four to six weeks. It's one-on-one coaching. And I also have for those who don't have that funds for one-on-one coaching, a self-paced course. It's about two or three hours long. And they are able to just sign up for a, a, very, a token fee. And they are signed up for that online course. And they would know everything about landing a job in CBI. Yeah. So we have two options. You can do a self-paced course or you can do one-on-one if interested in this. And how do people go ahead to sign up to start with this? So first of all, you can go to our website, www.fosconsulting.org, www.fosconsulting.org. Or you can follow us on our IG, FOS Consulting, on our Instagram page. And definitely one of my team members or myself will respond and um, get you the right information. And also, Dr. Loom, you are you have a, a, a coupon code from anyone who signs up. You get, oh. you get a discount in your yeah. name. It's called Dr. Nina Loom. Just put that there in the coupon area and you okay. get 10% off direct. Okay, awesome. So you will have to get that in the show notes as well. So we can capture your website and the coupon code for 10% off, guys. So you'll have all that in the show notes. You'll be able to one-click and get to the page. So you mentioned in this career, people are making a good living. Yes. I mean, give us some give us some numbers. Like, yeah, what are we looking at? Because, you know, people want to know, like, am I going to make six <laughs> figures? Does everybody make six figures? Like, how many hours do you have to work to make six figures? Eight hours or less. <laughs> okay. okay. So, it's, so it's like a nine to five. It's a nine to five. No weekends, no calls, nothing. You do nine to five and you can also get some jobs that you work from home. Some hospitals are very flexible like that. I mean, starting off, average starting is about $80,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And it can go as high as $200,000 a year. Depending, when, on, depending on the state. Yeah, depending on the state, right? And, and obviously that depends on how much you work as well. I would assume exactly. like if you're going to do eight hours a day versus less or, or whatnot, right. is there a part-time options for those who are simultaneously studying? Yes. There's a part-time option that for the job. So you, you do 20 hours a week from some hospitals with say 20 hours a week for part-time. There's a part-time option for that. So in many ways, you know, even the, the investment upfront to start this process, when you do get a job, you right. can turn around and pay back what you, you know, had to use up from your savings or whatnot. Correct. Comfortably. Comfortably, very easy. Yeah, very comfortably. And what is the attrition rate for people that are that go through this program? Like, what are the odds of them actually going through and getting a CDI job? Okay, so like I tell, like any coaching program, the onus is on you to do the yes. work as well. So yeah. it's a it's a it's a two way street. So I give you the, the resources. I guide you through the process. I have clients who we start off day one and I show them the, the timeline and we, we are like right there. So it depends on the individual. If you're willing to put in the work and study the materials, also get certified because that shows that gives you a high chance of getting the job. I suppose, although I have clients who did not even do the, the certification and got jobs. So it's the, it depends on the state you are in also. So if you are in Virginia, yeah. if you are in a community, if you are in a uh, state where you have a lot of hospitals, 
community hospitals, academic medical okay. centers, you also stand a high chance to get a job. But if you're willing to travel, that's another opportunity for you right there. So it depends on different factors. I don't want to just say, okay, this is the, 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 the standard, but based right. on your, your situation. That's why it's, it's better you do the one-on-one coaching. So I know your situation. I know what parts to- You can better to tailor your diet. And I, and I understand that 100% mm-hmm. because obviously I coach people with preparing towards their residency application right. process. And it's the same thing. You can be a great, you can have everything right on paper, but mm-hmm. still- it depends on how much you're willing to go out there exactly. and network and how much you're willing to put into it. And, you know, you can instruct someone, but unless the person takes action and actually implements what they're being instructed, Correct. it may not matter that they've been instructed. So a lot of the outcome is dependent on how much effort that person's putting into it. Exactly. Rightfully so. And so before we, you know, we let you go today, can you share with us some pearls? Oh, by the way, that discount code you mentioned, is it DR? dot n-i-n-a-l-u-m or how is this spelled because some people are driving and listening they may <laughs> they may not be able to recollect yeah. what they're supposed to put in the coupon code section Can so you- it's it's d-r-n-i-n-a-l-u-m okay so they go to fosconsultant.com and dot org dot org so we'll have to make sure that's in the show notes as well dot org and when you're checking out put in d-r-n-i-n-a-l-u-m and for for a 10 percent off all right just want to make sure that that's squared out so let's as we round up today let's share i want to hear from you as to you know what are your sort of what's your mantra because you've been fairly successful with your career so far even though you didn't get what you thought you were initially going for or what you wanted at first so what are your tips for people who are thinking about pivoting, people who are thinking about making a shift? How Give us some mantras that you live by in those types of instances. The first thing I would say first is have a purpose bigger than yourself. A lot of times they tell people if you find, if you create a purpose or a vision that is higher than your, where you are currently, even if you fall short, you fall within a good spectrum. You don't fall far from where you're going. But if you set yourself up as, okay, that this is the peg, this is the limitation. I can't go past this. There is nothing that would work for you. So I tell people, write a clear vision of your life. And that is something you don't need anybody to help. You. Just sit down, write a clear vision. So number one is having a vision for your life. Number two is having a purpose bigger than yourself. Number three is passion. Now, passion is, people think passion is just having an interest. Uh, no, passion is more than that. Passion is, is power under control. It's something that keeps you, wakes you up in the morning. It keeps you going in spite of all odds. So, and, and, and that's something that I think if you have a passion, follow your passion, follow your passion. And the other thing I'm going to talk about, uh, last one is, is the resilience. Resilience is what got me to where I am today. I didn't give up. I didn't give up the fight in me. I know that family also, also matters. Uh, a lot of times we, we, we do things for family from our background, our culture. So I tell people, your family will celebrate with you when you're successful. So do your best to be successful. Do your best not to limit yourself. 
and not to fit into status quo. You don't need anyone's permission to live your best life. You only need your own permission and God's permission. So I tell people that it is important you live your best life. And as, as long as you're in your, in your lane, in your calling, in your own purpose, everything else will work out fine. And like I said, as a person of faith, your faith is very, very key. And that is something that keeps me going more than anything else in the world. Like you can read all the motivational books in the world, but what keeps you grounded is, is, is for me, is my faith. And, and that is something that, those are the things, the tips that has helped me so far. And don't, 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 don't be afraid of self-disrupting. Self-disruption is something that you should always think of. And that should help you. Yeah. No, those are some strong words there. And for anyone who, if you have not listened to this, just rewind a few seconds or minutes and listen to that again and again, because there are some pearls there for you. So I have a question. Now that you're in this pathway, are you ever applying to residency again? Or are you, what stage are you in with that? Okay, great question. So it was two years ago, I decided this is what I want to do with my life. And in fact, in fact, my goal, if I want to share with the, your audience, is to be in the C-suite of healthcare organizations. I so, love it. I yeah, love, so I, I, I love I, it. I love it. And um, for me, it's more like I want to help hospital organizations try and be better. And, and also create a work culture that is inclusive that will help people do better. So that is that is my goal. So look 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 for me in the next five years. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We'll come searching. We'll come searching. And I hope you get there. Amen, I actually amen. got a call from, from the hospital, one of the hospitals I used to work at, the hospital mm-hmm. I did the chief quality officer work. Okay. I was working there. I worked there for about six years before going to ER fellowship. And so okay. I had to quit that position to go to fellowship. And I got a call because they have an upcoming opening for a hospitalist director position. And I enjoyed being in administration when Mm -hmm. I did. I just also had this burning desire for for trying out for EM. And so I remember this was on Friday, I had to call them back and, and decline the offer. And for multiple reasons, but primarily because I got married and I've moved mm-hmm. away from that state. I mean, if that job was down the road here, I probably would take it, to be honest. <laughs> and they were okay with me traveling to come to do that work. But having been in that position before, you just know, like, you know, there are some, there's some things you just don't want to do remotely. There's mm-hmm. some things you can do remotely, but there's just some things, especially for me, I do better being there in person. In person, yes. Chart review. Sometimes you want to go to your office at night just to check on some things. And sometimes you need to be on the floors to look at how stuff is running. So I could just see you doing really, really well in that position because you have both a medical degree background and you have this extensive knowledge in healthcare management to where you would do exceptionally well with it because that was an aspect that I had to learn on the job. I had no idea with clinical documentation what we called improvement a couple of years ago, <laughs> uh, which is integrity now. Right. I remember just being dumbfounded as to what was going on here. And I remember when I first started my job, they were, I felt like it was like they were pestering me. Mm. And then now in that position and learning how much beneficial it was for the organization, it gave me a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, this is actually a good thing for the organization, mm. for physicians, 
especially those who end up going out to practice on their own. In right. Exactly. Doing all your Medicare work on your own. On your own. Yeah. So in many ways, I can see you having the already the medicine background and then adding yeah. this C-suite will be easy. It will be a walk in the park for you. Yeah. So yeah. I really yeah. feel like you have positioned yourself and more importantly, become content with this vision that you have. Exactly. And I think that's the secret sauce because some of the people could try to duplicate what you're doing, but unless they have that character and that integrity, sometimes right. it just doesn't work out. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that. And for me, it's even about even the impact. It's not so for me. I, I'm, I'm trying to also help other people see this, this aspect as well. While they're waiting for residency, you can actually be building something that can be While beneficial in, rest, in, in practice. Yes, absolutely. It will be. Because if you end up, opening a practice, I mean, you will know everything you need to know about billing and coding. Yeah, and you'll know everything well. you need to know about man. If you work for an employer mm-hmm. and physicians who tend to know these things get, they get the promotions, mm-hmm. they get the offers. You know, I guess the point of sharing that story was I would not have gotten that call had I not had the experience. Experience. That's correct. Because you won't give that position to a new grad or to someone who has been in practice, but hasn't done any of that work. Right, because they wouldn't achieve the results that the hustle is trying to get, which is be e- efficient in their management. And so, you never know what some of these opportunities will give you. Whether it's doing it in this limbo period, and then later on picking back up on it again when you become an attending, yeah, that's yeah. also another option. Or whether it's pivoting through 160 or 360 degrees, like mm-hmm. you did. But in a, and again, in a sense, you never stop being. Your medical knowledge never le- left you. Never You're still using it. It's still applicable in your work and it's a win-win. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. I'm so happy we finally had this conversation because we've been talking about getting on this and recording this podcast <laughs> probably before I went to fellowship. <laughs> right, right. Over a year before ago. You go, before you got married. Yes, before I got married. So, which is uh, probably at this point, six or seven months ago. So I'm so glad we got to do it and we kept procrastinating because obviously school was just kicking my rear end. But I hope that this is just the first of many episodes and we can come back and touch on some more because I'm sure that we'll have questions that come up as a result of this recording and we can come back and address some of those questions. And maybe we can invite some other physicians who have done this and have them join in on the roundtable discussion. Yeah, and so to say this, um, even in New York, I had a colleague of mine who was over a program in New York. Two of their CDI got residency placement from from just being rest from CDI because they know the doctors, they know who will be the interview, they know they are they are they are certified. So it was just a no brainer. You guys are here doing the work. Your doctors, you you pass your boards. Come on, come on, let's let's hire. Yeah, networking, building relationships. Yeah, they did. And more importantly, I think, you know, people like that, oftentimes they also show up to work and they do a good job, even if they're doing the work that's not residency work. Exactly. They're doing a good job at their CDI job, which allows people to see their work ethic and what to even get to know them or potentially work with them. That's right. Because you could be in that CDI role and mess it up and people don't like you. They don't want to work with you because you have a bad character or you're difficult to work with. And it will not yield the same result. Yeah, so yeah. there are so many opportunities that we get, but it comes from actually like a fundamental change in who we are, our character, our integrity, our inner man. Like that's where the change exactly. begins. Exactly. That's where it starts. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for a good conversation. Thank we'll you. All the show notes today, guys. We had Dr. John Emanuel from fosconsulting.org. He is here to help other IMGs who are on their pathway to residency or those who are trying to pivot into the world of clinical documentation integrity and healthcare management in other areas. That's right. AI, tech, whatever your questions are, he'll be here to answer them for you. Click the link in the show notes to be redirected to his page. We'll have his Instagram handle down below as well. And we hope to continue this conversation again in the near future. So send us your questions, concerns, doubts, and we'll answer it in a follow-up episode. Thank you so much for having me. Look at you. I'm so proud of you for listening until the very end. And because of that, you deserve a reward. And I want you to go right now to drninaloom.com and download any of my free ebooks, whether it's for electives or clinical rotations, or even just whatever trials come your way as you navigate your IMG journey. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next.